All it takes is a spark to start a fire, they say, and we are definitely seeing a fire of courage sweeping the state of Virginia right now, with more local school boards rejecting the State Department of Education's transgender issues policy. But the Loudoun County School Board is still ignoring many of the families it's supposed to represent. We're going to update you on all of this today. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, before we jump into today's topic, I thought one thing that would be fun to talk about, Victoria, is that I've been spending a lot more time traveling with you in the car, going to different work events, and one fun thing I get to hear are these conversations with your kids. And I have to say, this little trend jumped out at me, you know, when they're arguing with the with you or just working out a conflict amongst themselves they just approach this in a really lawyerly way what is up with that the other day they called and they were having a little conflict and the next thing i know i get a picture sent to my phone of a contract they created with each other about basically how they're working out um let's call it penance Okay, this stuck out to me, so I'm just going to give our audience a few more entertaining details on this because they texted it while we were in the car. We all yeah. saw the picture. What I guess one of your older sons <laughs> was having a contract with the younger siblings that they were going to forgive him for his war crimes. Correct. That, he used, he used, used the word war crimes, and he, he they were going to be able to allowed, be allowed to hose him down yeah. one time, and they were allowed to do one prank that he would not retaliate for, yeah. and for that, basically, there was going to be granted full forgiveness for his war yeah. crimes. And then he had an amendment on there. Yes. <laughs> we had talked about before how Russell County in southwestern Virginia had become one of the very first school boards in the state to totally reject this radical policy from the Virginia Department of Education really pushing transgender issues promotion into all the schools. And so Russell County became one of the first school boards to reject that. And now it turns out that that little spark of courage that this one school board helped instigate, it really is spreading across the state. Yeah, we're super excited. I mean, we were hoping that would happen if somebody would just take the plunge. And now we see we have, uh, you know, at least nine school boards, maybe more, that have taken similar action, either rejecting the policy outright or just not acting, which is the same thing, just doing it in a quieter way. But, I mean, everywhere from Augusta to Bedford, uh, Washington, Louisa in Central Virginia, we're excited because it's quickly they're being willing to say, no, we are the ones responsible for kids' safety. And we're, as the school board, not Richmond, going to care for these kids and make sure that they're the right policies for our community. Yeah, and just as a quick refresher, the reason this policy coming down, top down from the State Department of Education was so concerning was, number one, it's a gross violation of parental rights. It actually had instructions in it for basically how to deceive parents. And uh, then there's the whole bathroom, locker room, uh, overnight school field trip privacy safety issue where it says schools have to allow males to go into these female places. It doesn't even really give local schools the latitude how to handle that. Pretty much micromanages it for them. Um, So that's just a couple of things that are just very concerning with this policy. And so these school boards rejected that. Yeah, I mean, there's a few school boards that adopted the policies, but at least fixed the parental deception part. And so even that, 
is at least a slight step forward, although it doesn't solve the problem. And, you know, people, I think, are probably wondering, like, why are we getting so excited? You know, there's like 100, over 130 localities in Virginia, and we're only talking about, you know, maybe a dozen school, mm-hmm. school boards. But um, people don't understand the heavy pressure and intimidation tactics that were coming to these school board members from um, the Department of Education, from their local attorneys that were from the superintendents that were, you know, everybody, well, we have to follow the law. And they really were feeling it. And that's why we created our Protect Every Kid initiative. I mean, our goal was to basically give strength and courage and, and just straighten the spines, you know, of school board members to be able to resist that kind of pressure. Yes, and it's been so encouraging, really, to see this message, protect every kid, that you can protect every kid in your school fairly and equally without having to sacrifice students, especially our young females, uh, physical safety and privacy rights. You don't have to undermine parental rights to do that. And so, you know, this school district like Louisa, for instance, actually paid attention to those facts, listened to the parents, and they ended up making an announcement that they're not going to adopt this policy Yeah, and there were some school boards that were kind of hanging out waiting for a lawsuit that we had initiated. And honestly, even though the judge actually didn't give standing to our parents, basically said the harm hasn't happened yet, he said these are just guidance. And so they, his ruling actually allowed school boards to say, okay, the judge has now been clear. We don't have to do this. And it gave them the ability to sort of breathe a sigh of relief and know that um, they sort of had a legal document backing them up. And having the attorney general's office in court basically say, we're not going to take funds away if you don't follow what we've told you to do. All of that was part of getting these counties to make a move. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate that is so important because all we were hearing for a while was, well, our school's going to get defunded. We have to do this. We're going to get sued. I mean, there was, like you said, heavy pressure. And here you have the attorney general's office in an effort to defeat our lawsuit against the Department of Education saying, actually, we're not going to we're not going to go after them and defend them. It just so, tells you when the General Assembly passes a law and then the AG's office trying to weasel their way around in court, try to make it sound like we're not going to enforce the law. It just shows you what a mess that was and why we don't do things that way to local school boards. And why school boards should be brave and vote to represent the families in their community. No question. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, unfortunately, not all school boards are being as responsive as that and listening to the parents and students they're supposed to be representing as we see with the ongoing battle in Loudoun right now. Yeah, Loudoun has been a very interesting situation where the school board just literally seems determined to not only do the wrong thing, but make sure they don't even hear the parents' voices in the process of doing the wrong thing. They've had these meetings where they've literally kicked the parents out of the room. The last meeting they had, it was like this ridiculous effort to limit who can go in and speak and how short it is. The point is that they just don't want to hear what these parents have to say, and they want to pass their own radical agenda. Yeah, we saw that whole process play out in person the other day when our staff joined this rally before the Loudoun County School Board meeting. There was a pretty large crowd that turned out hours before the school board was even slated to start. And I I was kind of moved by the fact that these parents turned out even though they knew their school board was expected to ignore their voices, and yet they came out anyway. Yeah, and I mean, one of the most moving parts of the day, so there was the rally outside, and then there were people testifying inside, and one of the most moving parts was uh, they actually had a teacher that came forward, and she just 
openly shared with the board that she could no longer be a part of a system that doesn't respect her faith. Let's just take a minute to listen to her comments. Clearly, you've made your point. You no longer value me or many other teachers you've employed in this county. So since my contract outlines the power that you have over my employment in Loudoun County Public Schools, I thought it necessary to resign in front of you. School board, I quit. I quit your policies, I quit your trainings, and I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents, the children. I will find employment elsewhere. Well, that was Laura Morris, a fifth grade teacher in Loudoun, who, as you just heard, resigned her position on the spot right in front of the school board. And Victoria, that really was heartbreaking to hear, wasn't it? I mean, what are you gonna, what do you think will happen if the board just keeps ignoring voices of educators like hers and the parents in the area. Well, for teachers in particular, the hard moment is, do you do what Laura did and literally resign up front? I hope teachers actually stay the course, but we know they have to be ready for a lawsuit. We know that they could run headlong into these policies and that we're going to have to defend their ability to keep their jobs. And we'll be there to do that with our Founding Freedoms Law Center. But that's the hard spot that people are going into. You had a chance to really personally encourage these parents to not give up. Um, what what was the most important takeaway you were trying to give them at that rally? Well, I wanted them to know that it isn't just about their county and their board. I wanted them to understand that they're in a moment in history and that the, the world, literally, because there was international presence there, the world is looking at what they're doing and these parents standing up. And when you've got the media looking at you, you're encouraging all these other people to stand up also. So I wanted them to understand the moment that they were in was bigger than this this immediate battle with the Loudoun County School Board. Absolutely. I really do think they are encouraging parents and it's just so heartening to see that, you know, people are waking up. And I also think people really appreciated what our legal counsel, Josh Hetzler, said because he talked about how our legal arm, the Founding Freedoms Law Center, was going to help parents fight back by filing a lawsuit. Let's listen into his talk at the rally. They really seem to believe that they are above the law. Well, I'm here to say that they are not above the law. And in support of that proposition, I want to announce that the Founding Freedoms Law Center plans to file a lawsuit in the coming days against the Loudoun County School Board and Superintendent for violating Virginia's open meetings laws on June 22nd, which they appear to be doing again today. Well, you can hear all of the applause, and I really feel like parents were resonating with what he said because they're tired of, you know, having to feel like that they're just laying down and letting themselves be run over by their own school board, their own school board members whom they elect, and are who's supposed to represent their kids' needs in the school's their taxes fund. So I think it just gave them an outlet for that, that they, there's something they can do. Yeah, and I think we just need to kind of wrap up with a summation of what people can do. And there's a lot of resources on our website at familyfoundation.org. You click on that banner, Protect Every Kid, and what they can get resources on kind of talking points to say to the board, we encourage people. These are time-sensitive matters, so you've got to go to your county school board. You've got to look at the meeting schedule. You've got to pull down the agenda and really know your timeline. And we've got stickers you can download and all sorts of signage and ways you can represent. And so I just kind of want to repeat the website one more time for people who are frustrated and they're in this moment and they don't know what to do. Go to familyfoundation.org and click on that Protect Every Kid banner. Well, it's that time again. 
time for our Inconceivable Moments Award, where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! You know, it seems like just a few weeks ago, we were talking about Disney adding these ridiculous warning labels to old Muppet shows because of comedy, I would say really innocent comedy that just might offend someone somewhere. And now we've learned that a cross-dressing Muppet baby has been introduced, and apparently that's perfectly okay. No warning labels needed. Yeah, except the thing we really have to emphasize is this isn't just Disney. This is Disney Junior. This is Muppet Baby Show. This is geared for, like, kids as young as four years old. So they decided to have this beloved male character, Gonzo, go to a ball dressed as a princess where he tells everyone his name is Gonzarella. And basically what this is is a Cinderella story retell, except it's tr a transgender transformation. I also noticed they were pushing these transgender pronouns, apparently, on preschoolers. For instance, in this episode, Miss Piggy refers to Gonzarella, if you notice, by the pronoun they. Now, keep in mind, this is supposed to be referring to a mysterious princess who just showed up at the ball. If Miss Piggy didn't know that Gonzarella had a connection to Gonzo, why is she using the pronoun they? I mean, you would think if you really think that someone is a girl, a mysterious princess girl, you would refer to them as she. And I, you know, it's not like Gonzo had shared a preferred pronoun with everyone at that point, so I'm not sure what's going on here. This is a major company that markets itself as a trustworthy resource for parents doing family-friendly entertainment for kids, and I would say they're basically taking advantage of this trust by using this platform to push this agenda. Yeah, it is so sad because there's so few good, wholesome entertainment options for kids. Everything is so adult-focused, and so I don't know why they want to push the sexualized adult agenda into everything, even kids' cartoons, but it is devastating for families to work through this. You know, children are already dealing so with so much right now. I mean, COVID, um, just everything going on that's insecure in their world, and now we're adding promotion of gender confusion into the mix, so it is heartbreaking. But we can remind kids in our lives that they are special and loved as they are, as they are created by God. We don't need to pressure them to reinvent themselves all the time. I agree. So let's just let kids be kids for a little while longer, if we could, please. So I guess we're going to have to give this week's Inconceivable Award to Disney Junior for pushing transgender ideology on four-year-olds. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia. Brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.